Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Lepondra looking to get close of Vaughn. Lepondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rules podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. We are here to review the Reading versus Norwich game. Joining me today, Dave. Dave, nice early start for you today. But did you enjoy last night? I did indeed. Yeah, always uh, always nice to come off the back of a good performance waking up the next day. And Paul, you did actually manage to wake up this morning because you were not killed in your sleep by your Norwich supporting girlfriend. No, nope. nope. I can confirm I am still alive. This is not a hologram of me. I am really here. And also, I'm as well sliding that let's remember that Blue Collar reopens tomorrow in its winter outfit, 6th of October. It is my birthday. I just say that in as well. But um, uh, I think you should all get down there, definitely. And uh, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. He's got some two new stores there. He's got the Argentinian Steak Place. He's got a new Nacho Place. Highly recommend Crazy Mexican, I think it's called. Lovely. I can't remember. The Mexican place. Check it out. (laughs) And nice hint on your birthday, Paul. I'm sure none of us will forget. Well, I've said to him, it's poor that you're opening up at five o'clock because I can't go because I'm going out. I'm not saying he's selfish, the owner, but he's selfish. (laughs) Let's let's move on to last night's game. The um, the lineup, Dave, Lucas Yao dropped from the starting eleven and Tyrese Fauna back in. Maybe a little unexpected. What were your thoughts on, on Lucas Yao dropping to the bench? I was surprised um, in the first instant, like your first reaction. I was a little surprised to see that happen because um, for all of the conversation around what Joao did uh, previous game, I did think that the fact that there was Andy Carroll and Lucas Schwab did stretch the defence. There's two threats there that you're not just going to leave them on their own. Uh, So I thought maybe we would persist with that. But then you you take a breath, you think about it, and it's like, well, this is Norwich, um, heavily tipped to go back up. 
uh, the season. And uh, yeah, maybe you, you do go with an extra midfield option and you, you do maybe um, set things up a little bit more to, to frustrate than uh, thinking that we're going to be on the attack uh, from, from minute one. Yeah, I agree. I think it was one of those situations where we're playing a team near the top of the table and actually you can kind of understand why not playing two out-and-out strikers, although Tomins did kind of line up as that second striker almost, it does make some sense. Paul, first 10, 15 minutes, it went by like in a flash, but at the same time, it felt very, very slow when I was there. I don't know what like this phenomenon, I don't know what this feeling was, but uh, Norwich did start quite well, but they didn't really do very much, did they, for the first 15 minutes? No, not um, really. Did we? Yeah, yeah. No, it was... We were just getting into our shape, basically, the first 15 minutes and negating them. They didn't really do anything. I can't remember them having a decent shot. They probably had a couple of crosses, but nothing that I was really concerned about. I wasn't thinking, oh, they're going to score in a minute. It's coming, it's coming. It was more just the fact that they had a lot of possession. I think throughout the game, though, Norwich continued to do that, but a lot of it was in their own half. It had a very yap-stammy feel about it, didn't it, Dave? It really did, yeah. There was um, possession without uh, too much bite to it, um, which was great to see because uh, we, we all know what happens uh, after we have a good result and then a good team comes to us. Uh, usually, yeah, last few years, it's hard to shake off those uh, those feelings. One thing that I did notice in that first 15 minutes is that Reading were definitely employing quite high press again last night. We... We were really pushing them back in their own final third and making them play the long ball and not letting them play through the midfield at all. The first, yeah. I mean, after that first 15 minutes, Dave, the first real chance came about what I think it was just before the 20th minute mark. And it's a good cross from Junior Hoyler, who once again at right wing back had a very, you know, solid, understated is maybe the wrong word, but just a very kind of like seven out of 10 performance from Junior Hoyler. And the first chance comes from him, Fandy Carroll. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he he's one of those where when we first saw that he was going to get dropped back to wing back, uh, everyone was, oh, what are we doing there? What a terrible idea. But consistently, um, he he's making chances. He's beating his man. He's, he's putting a ball in. And this is a great cross right where you want it. And uh, big AC, AC2, if we're calling him that, um, gets a, a very strong connection on it. And uh, to be fair to, to Tim Krull, decent goalkeeper, as we all know, he's uh, he, he's not pulled off a worldie of a save, but that is a good, good set of reactions that you're, you're not going to get from every keeper in the league. Um, flies across to his left and, and manages to uh, to push the ball out, but that was that was a good good chance, a, a classic AC Andy Carroll header. I was definitely one of those critics of Junior Hoylet before the season started. I think mainly because I was expecting him to play more of a defensive role if he was going to play wing back. But every game he's played at wing back, he doesn't really seem to do that much in the way of defending necessarily because of the way that they've set the system up where. Hutchinson will drop into right back once we've got the ball. And you see Hoylitz 70 yards up the field somewhere. However, the shape is there and, and he does seem to offer a, a you know a decent option there. I think that's a little bit harsh. I know he just did a lot of attacking, but I think Hoylitz actually, when he has defended, he's actually been quite good as well. I, I think like I think we're all worried. None of us is going to say here that 
you know, we all thought he was going to do a brilliant job because none of us did. We were all worried that he was going to get skinned every single game. He'd be knackered after like 50 minutes or something and he wouldn't be able to get out the pitch enough. But actually, I think he's proven us all wrong, hasn't he, so far, basically? I think he's being asked to do less in the way of maybe not defending, but he's being asked to not really necessarily dive into tackles and he's just being asked to stand people up and not let crosses come past him. And he does but that's that good defending, well. though. Not, not rash, maybe, you know. Yeah, Defending is maybe the wrong word that I picked there, but he, he's doing a good job of what's being asked of him, I think, certainly. Um, Paul, what did you think of Andy Carroll up top on his own yesterday? I think he's excellent. I think he's excellent. Not, be, not I think one of the real reasons he is excellent is that he doesn't always play right up top. I think he drops down deeper, and I don't know. I don't think defenders know how to deal with that. He always positions himself on the smallest player on the pitch as well for their defence, which is common sense. So last night, Max Aaron was getting it all the way through the match when he was on the pitch. He just went up against them, and why wouldn't you? I mean, the best chance, obviously, that we just discussed there was when he outjumped. Max Aaron's. I mean, he's going to be able to do that in every single team. What what will teams do now against Andy Carroll? Will, has it got to a point where they're going to say, actually, maybe we negate ourselves slightly here and play a maybe a centre half ish player there, someone who can play a little bit in that position there? I, I don't know. Are they going to change it round because he's having such an impact, like he had against Huddersfield? You think? <sighs> He's a player you wouldn't want to play against, Alex. That is for certain. Is he going to score a hat full of goals? Probably not. But he does cause a lot of issues for the opposition, Dave. I mean, what do you think? If you were an opposition manager, how would you deal with him? I, I think the that's the value of what we're getting with with someone and with his experience and his know-how because um, he's if he's up leading the line, okay, right, we'll get tight to him. Don't let him have an inch. If he outjumps you, he's going to get a good good connection. But then if he starts dropping deep like that, what does your defender do? Does he follow? Uh, does he do, does he go with the with Andy? And then now there's space behind that he's opened up for Ince to run in. It's it's a very clever bit of play from him. And I, I do enjoy watching it. We haven't had a player that, that's done that for a little bit for us. The one thing I did notice about Carroll, and his, especially when he was winning headers last night, is it wasn't just a case of him trying to flick the ball on into an area or into a space, was it? It was very much a case of like he was going up to win a header and he was knocking it down directly to a player. Probably, you know, two thirds or 80% of the time it was going directly to a Reading player. It wasn't just a a hopeful flick on. I think we basically all love Big Andy, don't we? (laughs) That's basically what it is. I think we love the impact. I mean, the first time he came here, he did pretty well, but this time he looks even better to me. He, he's really kind of come on from that spell that he had at West Brom. I know he didn't play for a few months, obviously, but I think that's helped him massively. And we're now seeing an improved version of him, but we've also got a better team. So that helped as well. I guess the real question then is if Andy Carroll has improved, what do you do with Lucas Shaw? It's like a million dollar question, except he's not going to be getting a million dollars for us now is he, at the end of the season. But they they um, offer something different, don't they? So that, I think that's what excites me is um, I think we've we've become accustomed over the past few years of, of the famine part of the feast and famine that the the answer is which striker do you play? And I think what we've got now is, you know, if you've got Andy Carroll terrorising defence, tiring them out, dragging them all over the place, if you then bring on a Lucas Schwal with 10 minutes to go and he's firing... That's a that's a phenomenal situation. Uh, maybe sometimes you play them together and they wear everyone out, and then you bring uh, Mate on, or, or maybe Shane Long comes on and finishes it off. 
this is what is exciting to me. I, I don't think it's an either or question. And it's it's weird for us to say that because it's been so long since it hasn't been an either or question. Moving slightly away from that, I think Jao might start against QPR just for rotation sense. Not because of like ability or what they've done in matches, just because we can't risk either one of them getting injured. <laughs> so it's better to rotate them slightly. I, what, what do you think? I reckon, I think Carroll might start against QPR because we've got no midweek game next week. But I can see, I can see why he might be rotated, certainly. That that period of like the game yesterday, from what twenty minutes probably through to thirty five or so, I think Reading really were very very much on top, and Hendrick really gave us a, a taste of what was to come in the second half with what was a very decent effort from a half cleared free kick, another you know another header which Andy Carroll had gone up for, and he actually clipped the post on this Dave, and I don't know where Hendricks had this for the first. 11 games where's it been he's been finding his range hasn't he he's just been uh just been assessing things working out what fortress scl um dimensions are that kind of a thing and uh yeah he was he was on it last night he he wanted that goal from just outside the box uh, on the i won't get into the half volley volley debate just yet but it's uh a half volley. I'm sorry, it's not a volley. It's definitely not a volley, but I, you know, to the purist, it wasn't even a half volley. But anyway, let's move on uh, from that, or else we'll we'll spend 20 minutes on that topic. But uh, yeah, uh, this one um, does very well, shapes it nicely, and um, you know, when he first hits it, you are kind of, you know, I wasn't in the stadium, obviously, but uh, if I was, I probably would have been on my feet. I think the view from behind the goal certainly makes it look like it's it's going in. I'm right up until you know, right up until it clips the post there. And I think Henrik had another good game last night, Paul. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think he was one of the better players last night. It's hard to pick a man of the match last last night because I think there's quite a few contenders. But I think Hendricks just warming his engine up, just getting ready for that return to QPR where they absolutely hated him last season. And he's like, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for you. I'm going to put in that performance. But yeah, being serious, uh, I thought he he was good. I don't think you could knock him at all. Um, he loves a shot. Uh, once he gets like carried away in the second half a little bit with a couple, but I don't have any problem with that because most of the time in the second half with about 15 minutes to go, there wasn't any obvious passes. We didn't sit massively deep, but we weren't like, you know, putting lots of players up there, which is fair enough. It worked out for us. So. I actually had the most shots last night of yeah, anybody. That didn't surprise me. <laughs> but then one of them hit the post, one of them went in. So... Yeah. Can't complain then, can you? Can't complain at all. <laughs> Norwich did have one chance. It wasn't really a chance of their own making here, Paul, um, late on in the first half. Kenny McLean has like this low cross. It's not really going towards anybody necessarily. McIntyre's cleared it. Maybe a little bit lucky that it's just kind of not nudged onto the bar. Yeah, it is a little bit lucky that one hasn't gone in. But it was the first time Norwich have actually managed to get two players on an overlap on us. And then like... McLean comes in, does the underlap under him, and then he gets the cross in. And if that had gone in, we would have been really unlucky. We did not deserve to go in losing, that's a certain. And you can see McIntyre scrambling to get back onto the line just in case it went there. I'm not sure he would have got it because it would have gone just under the bar. But he didn't deserve that. I thought he was excellent as well last night. But Neil knew we went into half time, Dave. What were you kind of like thinking when we were coming out? Because I was thinking Norwich surely are going to improve slightly in the second half. It was a weird one because 
normally in that position and thinking what you were thinking before the game, you think, oh, we've managed to get to halftime nil-nil. But I had a weird sense of optimism at halftime. And I thought, actually, I'm quite surprised we're not a goal up. Um, so you you would expect that a team like Norwich, with their expectations, with their quality, with their manager, he's going to tell them at half time, I need another level from you all. So yeah, they'll improve in the second half. But it didn't have a feeling of Norwich are so bad, we're getting away with one here. I think we kind of, we nullified them. Um, they, they, they weren't playing to their best, but you know, we... We you, can tell you, yeah. you can tell you're a Reading fan with that opinion, Dave, because yeah. uh, every, every Norwich fan has decided that they were just shambolic and awful and it wasn't anything to do with how Reading played. Yeah, well, they, they've had they've had to adjust to playing the likes of Reading after after the heights of being pumped by uh, Manchester City and Liverpool every other week. So you can understand why they think uh, we were lacking quality. And they I mean, everyone in the Premier League, Dave, just everyone. It's not one or two. <laughs> just everyone. Yeah, they were all getting pumped by Aston Villa and Leeds and... Yeah, I gave him a bit too much credit there, didn't I? Sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, they did actually take the lead, though, uh, after, what, 50 minutes? And it wasn't long after the halftime whistle where it did take the lead. I think it was probably probably undeserved. It's probably a bit lucky. We wouldn't complain if it went our way like this. But another goal from a corner conceded. Paul, you did call this one on, on Sunday's pod after the uh, Huddersfield game. And... I think it's a handball, firstly. I don't know if either of you have seen this. It looks like an absolute stonewall handball to me when it bounces up off Sergeant's arm. After that, I didn't really know what to say about the goal. It's very difficult for anybody to defend it once it bounces off a player and just falls to a Norwich player six yards out and Hanley's finish is reasonably good, Paul. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the finish is brilliant from a centre-half there, you've got to say. Um, yeah, it was a little bit of luck. It probably could have been a penalty. Um, I'm not sure I would have said that Pookie was offside. I mean, technically, maybe. But if that was us, would we want that to be given? I don't think so. I think that would have been a little bit harsh. But I think it's one of those goals that you just concede sometimes against the quality delivery. It causes a little bit of carnage. It's made less concerning by the fact that we get equaliser doesn't it I mean if you lose to that goal you'd be sickened by it because you over examine every single part of it but I didn't think it was so deflating I thought we could come back but I, what, I, what was the most pleasing about last night was that we didn't collapse we just kept on going and I had that fear once Norwich scored the first goal that could easily happen we were close to a collapse we were close because two minutes after they did almost score again Dave Kenny, Kenny McLean got the the space probably, what, 10 yards out. And if he gets a proper connection on his shot after, what, two minutes after we concede the first goal, yeah, it's then, very then easy. It all goes to wrong. Yeah, I think the um, 
so you could you could look at it positive or negative here. So the 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 negative view is right after we've I mean the goal we conceded wasn't a horror show, but there's a little bit of ball watching, a little bit of oh, we're still not dealing with corners, that kind of a thing. Um right after that, there's a little bit in the build-up here where the ball kind of just ricochets off of one of our players in uh, in the build-up. Um, I'm blanking on who it was, but you, you think they get a better connection on and they clear it, but it kind of pings into the path of the of the Norwich attack. And uh, the ball comes across and it it just has goal written all over it. Um just if, if you if you had that old question of sport, like what happens next, and they pause it just before the ball goes across the box, everyone's like, Oh, he, he scores. Yeah, this is a this is a great finish. Um but yeah, he, he's on the stretch. He doesn't connect with it and, it and it squirrels off wide, thankfully. But yeah, you're right. If that goes in. Went out uh, for a throw-in, I think, didn't it? Believe so. Yeah, it, it, it was heading in that direction. Yeah. One one for the collectors, that, if it goes out for a throw-in. Yeah. I'm going to put that into a future future quiz. Uh, what happens next in a couple of years when everyone's forgotten? Uh, does this go out for a go. corner, a uh, throw-in, <laughs> or is it a goal? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think Norwich also had a good chance just before they scored as well from Nunes when Sargent crossed it across the box. And you think, yeah, again, if he makes a better contact. But, I mean, you have to have these moments of luck in a game, don't you? If you look at the first half, like we discussed, if Hendricks shots goes in, it's a different game, isn't it? So, Andy Carroll, you know, both teams had some chances. Thankfully, we did get one more chance. I mean, there was still 40 minutes to go, but we got a chance. We took it after an hour. And then um, Hendrick finally opens up his uh, scoring brace for the club, scoring bre- scoring record for the club, whatever you want to say, whatever the right word is there. Good cross by Guinness Walker, who had another solid game last night. Second ball lands with Hoylett, and Hoylett's cross is just blocked. Falls to Hendrick, and the way he controls this makes it look like he's going to hit it on his left foot, I think. Yeah, and he ends up hitting it on his right, which I, that seems to be what's completely like just done the keeper, right? Yeah, totally. When you watch it back on Sky, Krill just for a split second moves the other way. You just see a little movement in his foot, and he's slightly off balance because I think otherwise he'd probably save that. But it's it's a brilliant shot from Hendrick, isn't it? You can't say anything else from that. I mean, he's hit it hard, he's hit it low, he's caught him kind of slightly off balance and. Just watching it go in, it's just kind of, I can see it now clearly they're sat there in the Dolan. Then for me, it was a magical moment, I've got to say, because um, I just enjoyed that so much. And the celebrations in front of us, and I tweeted something about it today, how when we score goals, all the players come together. And it's only a small detail, but it shows you the unity, doesn't it, Dave, I think? Yeah, it's something that... Um... It's a cliche, like you you want your you want your team to celebrate together, but you know, we haven't seen that, like the whole team running over to be with each other and 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 it being genuine. Um, but yeah, I think you're right with the, the shaping of the shot. Um, it's another one where as he winds up, you think that this is going like far corner, top corner probably, and it ends up bottom right corner <laughs> as you look at the goal. Uh so yeah, flummoxed everyone, the chest down, the touch to control it. I think he did well yeah um lovely goal and you know maybe it's one of those where you know he doesn't score bad goals maybe uh, he's, he's going to be one of those where he's like uh i'm not just going to do a tap in i'm going to get a real nice one for my for my collection Out, outside of the boot as well i think it was so yeah really really very nice finish after this 
I'll be honest, I don't think there was any really major chances for either team particularly. Uh, and I was more here just to pose the question, do you feel like there's now a confidence, not amongst the players, but amongst the fans, Paul, that we're not going to go and concede big chances and we're not going to give up like you know goal-scoring opportunities necessarily later in games now? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think we are set up uh, much better, much more uh, kind of like solid. And I don't feel quite so worried. You always feel stressed as a fan when it's um, one all or two one you're winning. You feel that natural stress because you you just you know thinking the worst is going to happen. I do remember thinking, oh shit, when uh, Olivelli had a uh, free header quite near the end, as about 88 minutes in from a corner, and it went flashing across the goal. And from where I'm sat, you're thinking, is that going to go in? But Apart from that, I thought we defended really well. Um, I didn't really see any problems. And um, what's the name of the, the one who came on? Benge? I thought he was um, pretty decent when he came on. Um, he's quick. He is not slow as well, which is a big asset for us because um, we haven't got the quickest defence. But, yeah, I think having players like Hutchinson and Holmes, I thought was immense, Dave. I don't know what you thought, but I thought that was possibly his best game for us. Yeah, I thought he did well. Um, he, he was pretty solid the whole night. Um, defensively, I'm I'm pretty happy with that setup last night. That that personnel, uh, for the most part, um, on on in, in Benge and Benge, uh, he was very good. But I think one thing that is worth noting, because I've said plenty in the opposite direction about this manager and and, the, and his predecessor, I thought the subs were spot on last night. Um, making making the three at once um, and bringing the right personnel on. Um, fair play. That was very good, I thought. Uh, it it, I think it gave us that little bit of extra, just like extra oomph with, what was it, 15 minutes to go or so, which we, we were lacking. Um, potentially, I think if you, the five, five, 10 minutes before the subs, Carol certainly was, was starting to slow, starting to lag a bit, and we were beginning to drop. Uh, so I think, yeah, the subs were, yeah, good, good touch last night, certainly. And I mean, we also saw the return, Paul, of, of Avi Ajara, and I think he was okay last night when he came on. Yeah, well, it's well documented, my love for Ovi. Um, I, I do love him, and I hope he does well. I also realise that it's completely fine, but yeah, but he did fine. I don't think he did anything amazing, but he did He looked up to speed. Like I said, when uh, Guinness Walker, Wales players are coming back into the team, they look like they're ready for it. They don't look like they're off it. And, and that's a huge benefit. You're not accommodating players. They're actually ready to come in. We are hopeful. I've just seen a tweet from Jonathan Lowe that we will actually have another player coming back on Friday. Andy Eardom will back at a push, apparently, for QPR. And on the subject of QPR is a near top of the table crash with third versus fourth. And if Reading score first on Friday, they do go top of the table. Dave, what is your score prediction for Friday's game? Uh, I, I'm buying into to Inspool. I reckon it's going to be a two-one win for the away side. Love Inspool. I'm well, well in for Inspool now. Paul, yeah. will Inspool reign supreme in West London? Yeah, Dave. I think you've smashed it with that Inspool. It's so it's so simple but beautiful, isn't it? Basically, like uh, Inspool itself. Uh, I'm going to be a person who goes for another draw. I'm going to take a one-all here, I think. Sheffield, Sheffield United. Sheffield United, obviously, really hard. And QPR went and won there last night. So, yeah, 
1-0, but I'd love to see us win. Just imagine if we go top of the league. That would be beautiful. If we go in 1-1 corner, we're going to score first at the very least. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. We will be top of the league for a little bit by the sounds of it. Great. Yeah. Jacob is going to be posting our QPR preview with a QPR podcast. I think it's W12 from memory. Uh, later on today, so make sure you check that out. You've got a double dose of Elm Park Rules podcasts today. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, like the podcast, subscribe to it, follow, tell your friends, your mum, your dad, your dog, whatever, get them all to download it. Really enjoy seeing you all listening. Great to see. And we will be back with our QPR roundup and review sometime over the weekend. And we will speak to you then. Cheers. <laughs>